0: Hey, good morning and God's blessings to you, Messiah. We are in week three of our message series on prayer. And today I'm going to be talking about the prayer that Jesus gave to us. We know it as the Lord's Prayer. So please pray it with me and say it with me. We'll do it together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And God's grace, his mercy, and his peace to you, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends of Messiah and friends of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, I have a hunch. And my hunch is that of all the spiritual disciplines, prayer just might be the one that people feel the most guilty about. Somehow it seems that praying should feel natural, that if we really love God, then great prayer should just flow out of us without hardly any effort at all. Let me share with you something I read about 20 years ago that really was a help to me. Brennan Manning writes in his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, that a little child cannot do a bad coloring, nor can a child of God do a bad prayer. A father is delighted when his little one, leaving off her toys and friends, runs to him and climbs into his arms. As he holds his little one close to him, he cares little whether the child is looking around or attention flitting from one thing to another or just settling down to sleep. Essentially, the child is choosing to be with her father, confident of the love and the care and the security that is hers in those arms. Our prayer is much like that we settle down in the Father's arms into his loving hands. And yeah, our minds, our thoughts, our imaginations may flit from here to there. We might even fall asleep. But essentially, we are choosing for this time to remain intimately with our Father, giving ourselves to him, receiving his love and care, And letting him enjoy us as he will. You see, you really can't mess it up. A child of God cannot do a bad prayer. Just as a little child cannot do a bad coloring. I believe that to be true. However, we don't want to be beginners all of our lives. Uh, That's what this message series is all about. We're checking our connection and learning some of the hows, the whys, and the whats of prayer. Prayer is a learned behavior. Nobody's born an expert at it, and nobody really ever masters it. Praying is an art, one that has to be taught, and it can take time. So you just can't give up after making a few unsuccessful lame attempts it's like learning a language it's very difficult at the beginning learning to pray is like learning a new language it's the heart's language that speaks with god jesus disciples knew they weren't good at praying they had seen jesus pray they had a front row seat and they wanted in on that too what if jesus could show them how to pray Could they pray like that? Lord, teach us to pray. This is an interesting ask because the disciples were Jews. They would have known all about prayers. They grew up with prayers. Prayers offered throughout the day, prayers before meals at the beginning of the Sabbath and when they went to the synagogue. They knew all about prayers and so they weren't just asking for words to say. The disciples noticed that Jesus looked forward to prayer. They kind of hungered for it, loved it, needed it. They saw how Jesus had this connection and this interaction with God. And it was was personal. It was real. It was deep and it was rich. And Lord, could you teach us to pray like that? And so he taught them a rather short prayer, the Lord's Prayer. You know it. We pray it every Sunday. It's such a great key to unlocking all the riches of prayer. And yet it is, by and large, and it's an untapped resource, probably because it's so familiar to us. This morning we're going to take a look at the Lord's Prayer with fresh eyes because everything that we need is found in the Lord's Prayer. It's like a treasure chest full of all that we need to enrich us. It's like a medicine chest full of all that we need to heal us. It's all there, adoring, accepting, asking, admitting, and against. And I'll explain, but it's all in the Lord's prayer. That being said, I want to add this, that this morning is going to be more like a helicopter ride than a deep dive. Uh, We could do an entire message series on the Lord's Prayer and never get to the bottom of it. And so, just know today is going to be introductory. It'll be more of a flyover. Now, before we take off, I want to cite my two sources. One is Martin Luther's small catechism, and the other is Tim Keller's big book on prayer. I commend both of them to you, especially if you want to go deeper into a well-rounded life of prayer. Jesus said, this then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven. And with just that intro, Jesus is shocking his disciples. Father, that is astonishing. Who talks to Yahweh? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob like that. Well, Jesus does, and so can you. I don't know where I read this, but I like it. If you took all of the love of all of the best fathers and mothers who ever lived in the course of all history, and took all of their goodness and kindness and patience and wisdom, and tenderness and strength and love, and you combined all those qualities together in a single person, that person's love would only be a flicker of the shadow of the deep, deep, deep love and mercy that's found in the heart of God, your Father in heaven. Our Father, actually, the word is Abba, Same name as the band, you know. Same spelling, different meaning. It's Arabic, which in literal English means daddy, papa, my own dear dad. Jesus is saying that we address the infinite, all-powerful, almighty God of heaven and on earth as daddy. Our father in heaven. Holy is your name. Start your prayer by adoring your Father. The first half of the Lord's Prayer is all about Him. It's all about God. When you say, Our Father, who art in heaven, Holy is your name. You are adoring Him, which, in my opinion, is the most important part of prayer. Think of all that is good about him. Start with that. All that is great about God. His creation. Just start naming all the things you love about it. His way of salvation. Wow! His mercy. His might. Think of all that is excellent and worthy of praise. This is so important for us because it affects the heart. Thanking God changes us. Holy are you, dear Father in heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. And if you actually believe what you're praying, well, that would be amazing. Thy will be done is an incredibly mature faith statement to make because that means that you accept that God is God and you are not, which seems obvious, but it's not that easy. It's asking God to do not what you want, but what he wants. Speaking those words Thy will be done is like inviting a tiger out of the cage. It is powerful to pray that. But if you do, beware. Because God just might take you up on the offer. He just might want you to do some stuff that you didn't want to do. That you weren't even thinking about doing. He might have you go when you were wanting to stay. He might have you stay when you were hoping to go. He might have you speak up or shut up. He might have you forgive someone who doesn't deserve it. They might not even be asking for it. God might have you serve in some way that is totally not fun. He might have you give some of your money away. Praying thy will be done and meaning it? Actually meaning it? That might be one of the toughest things of all. If you actually mean it. Because what you're saying is this, Lord, I promise to obey everything in your word, whether I like it or not. It means, Lord, I promise to accept everything you send in my life, whether I understand it or not. You see what I mean? Don't blow by, thy will be done. Thy will be done is a profound thing to pray, but we pray it knowing that he is our Father, and knowing that he is our Father is what makes it bearable. (laughs) It means everything's going to be okay, even if I can't see it right now. It's knowing that in all things God works the good for those who love him. It means being okay with not understanding and yet still trusting that God knows what he's doing. It's accepting that he is God. It's the prayer Jesus prayed on that terrible Friday we call good. Next Sunday, Pastor Jim is going to cover a great prayer that Jesus prayed in the garden that night. And Jesus is sweating bullets, and he is sorrowful, and knowing what our sins will cost him. If you're willing, Father, take it away from me. Yet, not my will, but your will. Thy will be done. And God's will was done. He chose to save us. And Jesus obeyed his Father's will. Oh, the great, great, great love of God, our Father. We can trust him even when we don't understand. Tim Keller gives the example of a six-year-old boy who wants to drive the car. And the dad, of course, says something like, "Uh, no, uh, not a good idea, son. You can't even see on the windshield. You need a driver's license, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All of that. Well, you know. There are two kinds of six-year-old kids. Uh, The one kind doesn't like the answer, but trusts Dad enough and listens to and goes inside and plays with his toys. The second kind of six-year-old waits. He waits for Dad to leave the car keys lying out and sneaks into the car because he thinks he knows better. He's going to do what he's going to do, and he does drive the car right through the garage door. Well, you know, by nature, you and I are a whole lot more like that second six-year-old kid. We say, well, maybe we do not say it, but we subconsciously always think it, that I ain't getting what I want. I don't get it. I've got this unique situation... And I don't see any way in which God's gonna work the goodness. And so I'm gonna take it into my own hands. And we do, or we try. So how do we combat that? How do we fight against that? Because that's human nature. How How do we work against that? Answer, prayer. Prayer is the answer to that, specifically, Time in prayer spent adoring and accepting. And the more time we spend adoring and accepting, uh, the more we realize that God is God and we're not. You see, we keep forgetting that. And so we need to keep adoring and accepting and praying, Thy will be done. I don't get it, Father. I don't like it, Father. But you are God, and you are good. And I put myself into your hands. Heal my perspective. I can't see out of the windshield. Right now I'm struggling. But I'm going to take my little hands off the wheel and hand you the keys to my life. You are God. You are God. You are God. And you are my Father in heaven, holy is your name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You pray that and then stop. Stop. Just stop right there and take a time out. and Don't say anything for the next three to five minutes. This will be really hard. Just stop right there. Just breathe in and breathe out. This would be so rare just to stop. Don't talk. You don't have to say anything. Just breathe in, breathe out, be still, be silent, and listen. What comes into your head and your heart. But what you're really doing is resting. It's deep rest. And maybe you could stretch it into 10 minutes. I don't know. I can't do it. Three to five minutes, deep breaths, but that's what acceptance does for you. That might be the very best prayer of all, is just stopping and being silent. I don't know. Well, then, you know, give or take three to five minutes when that's up, then you come asking. Oh, thought we never get there, right? As mentioned, the first half of the prayer. That's all. The focus is all on God. Now the prayer shifts, and the focus is on us. Um, At this point, we start talking about us. Give us this day our daily bread. It's not a demand. It's just a very good ask. We're not asking for cake. We're asking for bread. Specifically, the word is translated as asking for the bread that keeps on coming. The bread that doesn't run out. Martin Luther would point us to asking for the necessities. Bread covers the basics, food, drink, shelter, good health, spouse, children, land, animals, all that I have. And know this, that everything, everything that we have is a gift. It's a gift, it's a gift from our loving and faithful Father in heaven. And this prayer then right there should remind us that we are dependent upon him for every single thing. Every breath you take, every move you make, every step you take, every single day every word you say every game you play hey anytime you can slip in the police lyrics do a, some of you got it everything is a gift and we've been given oh we've been given so much more than the basics so now would be a great time to remind you if you haven't yet taken the invitation to be a part of God's solution, to feed and care for children in Uganda, $1.16 a day will answer that prayer. And it will cover the very basic things that a child needs for hope and a future. Now, if you don't have that kind of money right now, then no worries at all. You are exempt from pain, but you're not exempt from praying. Pray for those children. If you don't have the money, that might be even better. Pray for those children. Pray that God would bless them. Pray that a little bit of heaven might come to their part of the earth. Now, if you do have the material blessings to sponsor a child, then please do so. And you you could do more than one. see a Hearts and Hope team member Uh, they're in the church hallway today or if you're watching from home get online go to Hearts and Hope, go to Messiah you'll find one way shape or form to jump in and let me be the first one to say thank you, thank you forgive us our trespasses help us Lord to forgive those who trespass against us forgive us and help us to forgive that's what we're praying in the Lord's Prayer. It's admitting, and it's so important for us. It's getting honest and asking God for the forgiveness that Jesus won for us to remind us the forgiveness that we have. You see, forgiveness is our very greatest need. It's our very greatest need. The thing that we need the most at the top of the list is forgiveness from God. Forgive us our trespasses, our sins. To trespass means to go somewhere you shouldn't go. To do something you shouldn't do. In Matthew's version, the word is debt. Forgive us our debts. Those are things left undone. Things we owe. Good things that we should do. But we didn't do. And so we pray for forgiveness. For sins of commission. Things we do. And sins of omission. Our debts, things we didn't do. And God in his love covers them all. The life of a disciple is a life of repentance. Forgive me and help me to forgive others the same way that I've been forgiven. Be kind and compassionate to one another. For giving each other just as. As in Christ, God forgave you. That's what we're praying for. And we need to pray this often because we keep sitting and people keep trespassing on us. What do you do with these people who keep trespassing on you? You forgive them which means you need to pray, because that don't come natural. It don't. You need to pray for that gift. Help me to forgive them. Sometimes through gritted teeth. You see, we'll never get good at forgiving others until we get good at admitting our sins first. The life of a disciple It's the life of receiving forgiveness and then granting forgiveness to others. The more you admit, the more you'll be able to to give it. This is what Jesus prayed for us on that terrible Friday we call good. He prayed it for us, nailed to a cross. He prayed to his father asking that he would be so good as to forgive them they don't know what they're doing to me. That Jesus prayer astounds me. He prayed for their forgiveness, even though they didn't ask for it. No, we didn't. Now, we do. We begin with adoration, then acceptance, then wait three minutes, then move into asking, then admitting, And we finish up with against. And to tell you the truth, I couldn't come up with a great A word. But I landed on against, which is all about praying against or rebelling against the evil status quo, all that is wrong in the world. We pray, keep us from temptation, hold us back. Don't let us go down that road. Deliver us from evil. Yours be the kingdom. Yours be the glory always, forever and ever. Yes, yes, yes. Make it so, yes. There are so many bad things in the world that we need to pray against them. Terrible things. Evil things. Injustice. Suffering. Racism, disease, war, trafficking, hunger, addiction, violence, persecution. We could go on and on and on, but don't. Don't complain. Complaining is not a strategy, Christians. Prayer is. Take all that energy you use for complaining, refocus that energy and put it into prayer. Start praying. Prayer changes things. True story. Takes place at St. Nicholas Church in the city of Leipzig in what used to be East Germany. In the spring of 1989, Pastor Christian Fuhrer Interesting name. Pastor Christian Fuhrer of St. Nicholas decided one Monday night to hold a prayer service for peace in the world, and a few people showed up. Pastor Fuhrer held another prayer service the next Monday. More people attended. Into the summer, the Monday evening prayer service continued, and the numbers grew. Now, the sanctuary of St. Nicholas can hold a 1,000 people, By the end of the summer, the people were spilling out the doors every Monday night. No sermons, no political references, just prayers for peace. On Monday, October 9th, 1,000 people were in the sanctuary and 70,000 more were in the streets holding candles and praying prayers and singing hymns. The next Monday, October 16th, there were 120,000 people praying for peace. The following Monday, there were 320,000 people. That's two-thirds of the city's population praying for peace. On the following Monday, 500,000 people prayed, and sang for peace. Ten days later, November 9th, the Berlin Wall came down. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes us. There is, of course, much more to prayer than the Lord's Prayer, and there is much more to the Lord's Prayer than what I touched on this morning. But the Lord's Prayer has it all. It is a treasure chest. It is a medicine chest. It is a foundation of prayer for life. I began this message with a quote from Brennan Manning. I'm just gonna wrap it up with one of his stories. An old man laid dying. When the priest came in to anoint him, he noticed an empty chair at the man's bedside and he asked the man who had been visiting And the sick man replied, well, no one, but someone, because I just placed my father in heaven on that chair, and I just talked to him. For years, he told the priest that he found it extremely difficult to pray, until a friend of his explained that prayer was just really a matter of talking with God as your own dear dad. The friend suggested that he imagine his Lord sitting in a chair where he could speak to him and listen to what he had to say in reply, and have had no trouble praying ever since. Some days later, the daughter of this man came to the parish house to inform the priest that her father had just died. She said, "'Because he seemed so content, I left him alone for a couple of hours,' But when I got back into his room, I found him dead. I noticed a strange thing, though. His head was not resting on his pillow, but on an empty chair that was beside his bed. May you know that kind of peace and comfort and joy and hope and power that comes from the Lord's Prayer. It's a great gift. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen.